All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett Spin, the one and twos. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. And this next segment is a perfect place where you can grab a dose at. Specs. All right. If you're looking to step up your cocktail game or get insider info on seasonal releases, or you just want to order online for same-day delivery, just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so before we go to the phones, um, yeah, so the Colts, um, Jeff Saturday made his debut Sunday in Las Vegas, um, and the Colts were able to grab a victory for him. Now, I miss, because usually I'm not, you know, years ago I used to be a big pregame guy. Like, I definitely would love to watch CBS pregame and then some of Fox. I came more of a CBS guy. You know, I think it was probably the last year, like, uh, Shannon worked for them. But I haven't just as, you know, gotten to where I've got to see pregames. But um, I wish I would have tuned into the CBS one on Sunday because Bill Cower. And, and you know, I know Bill, Bill was speaking for the whole coaching fraternity, for the old school fraternity. And Bill really laid into the Indianapolis Colts and Ursay for the hire of Jeff Saturday and Bill, you know, it takes a lot for Bill to really go scorch the earth, especially on colleagues or former teams, whatever. And he put a nugget out there. He said, Hey, I know for a fact, Jeff Saturday was offered an assistant coach or an offensive line coach job for three times. He said, I know that for a fact. He goes, it's about putting in the work. See, so Bill's going to Kashi and say, Hey man, I know for a fact, and also, what we're coming to find out, and now it makes more sense, it didn't really come out left field. Jeff Saturday was being a paid consultant for the Colts. Not just a pillow talk, but he was actually on the payroll. So he was getting two checks, Bristol and that. So, but, and you know what? I, I heard there's no need to really go all over it again. I mean, you can go look for it. The audio's out there in regards to Bill Cowher. But I still I stand with Bill because I still say regardless, first of all, I had to beat the Raiders. I mean, the question is, is this going to work or how this goes going forward? Now, a team played with a lot of motion. The line looked a bit better. But like I said, Raiders spent all last week putting guys on the IR. And the Josh McDaniel situation, I mean, is one of those things to where, you know, these coaches who take these jobs and where they come from a situation. I mean, Josh McDaniels had a good situation in New England. I mean, if he was willing to ride it out there, if he was willing to go ahead and be, you know, the offensive coordinator, he could rode it out and waited till Bill ride to the pasture and he would have got the Pacers job. But it comes to the fact of like, how long do we want to wait? Austin, y'all can relate to that. Remember Will Muschamp and Mac Brown? Oh, you're the coach in waiting. Will Muschamp said, to hell with this. This old man ain't going anywhere anytime soon. He's recruiting Shipley's brothers. He's recruiting McCoy's brothers. Yeah, don't think that didn't contribute to y'all's ass being back, too. Still ain't been back. All that foolishness that old Mac was doing. But the bottom line is Josh McDaniels, and it's bad. Let me tell you something. This game this Sunday coming up between them and the Denver Broncos, the Raiders and Denver, this is this is pretty much this is the boo-boo ball. This is for the seller. Of the AFC West. And really, these are two teams and two organizations that, 
you know, kind of at two different spots. I mean, but yet and still, they've got two coaches that are that are just coming about fire of fire. You know, these guys that are just seven, eight weeks in. Now, this ain't Josh first rodeo, but it's bad for the Raiders. You know, yesterday, that game, I, you know, I see Adam checked in with us saying, you know, on Facebook Live, saying that, hey, you know, the shout out to the Titans. You know, Denver did a good job of, uh, you know, holding Derrick Henry down um, <clears throat> and subpar only to be beat by Tannehill and some no-name wide receivers. Hashtag tighten up. A flea flicker. Yeah, you would think that if you hold Derrick Henry to damn near under, what, 50, 60 yards rushing, you're supposed to win that game against the Titans. Flea flicker. They spent so much time focused on him in the run because, again, they don't have that many receivers that'll scare you. Gave up a flea flicker. The offense of the Denver Broncos, along with Russell Wilson, nothing really looked different after the bye week. Now, my whole deal with narratives is I'm fair all the way. Now, the narrative is Tennessee was without five defensive starters. But you also have to tell the narrative of basically what about the injuries on the other side of the team that playing? Russell's running for his life every play now. With the tackle down, cushion buried, the center's gone, the offensive line's horrible. But there's still no compromise and creativity in the offseason. Josh McDaniels, I don't believe, is going anywhere. I don't believe Hackett as bad as it could be. And let me tell you how bad, and this is and again, this is this is the this is the one that cuts, you know, in regards to when you hear stats like this. Uh, because they, the defense in Denver, they've got a new nickname going for them up in that region. They, they, you know, you had the fly zone that won the Super Bowl. The nickname they floating up there for the Denver defense is the all for nothing crew. All for nothing. Do you realize that if they had an offense, speaking of the Broncos, that averaged not 20, 20, but, but if they had an, if through all these games, they had an offense that averaged 18 points a game, they'd be 8 1. And it's one of those situations that I don't believe, like I said, Josh McDaniels is going anywhere. I just, you, you hire a guy like that. First of all, there's nobody on here in this draft, whatever. I don't believe as bad as get Hackett should go, whether he looks over his head or not. The difference in those two, you've got a new ownership in Colorado. So this, to me, some changes are going to go down with either one of these teams come Sunday when they play each other. Whoever loses this, and, and I, and again, I'm not for one to burn through coaches, coaches, because you hit the reset button. I don't know if it's play calling, whatever. Whoever loses that game between those two teams, where they're at right now, something's got to give. And I don't know what that is, but some, whether it's play call, whatever, and for both of them. But Josh, I don't believe Josh is going anywhere. I think he's going to get into the year. I really don't believe Hack is going to, but we'll see. It could just be saying it could be that bad that he's just over his head. Uh, but that's just, you know, that was, you know, props. To, like I said, the depth that Tennessee has just from guys on practice squad, guys that are third string and variable. No, he knows that team. He knows that team. And I can tell they didn't want to throw Malik out there to those wolves because the first time he got out there, he fumbled an exchange. They couldn't capitalize on it. But there was a reason why Tannehill had wanted to come back and experience it going against that team like that. But tonight, you have the Philadelphia Eagles who's hosting the Commanders. Now, Washington, I'm not a, everybody knows I'm not a big fan of Jack Del Rio, okay? And that was way before the January 6th comments. I, I, Jack, Jack was in my doghouse over that horrible game plan and division game 
and when he was a defensive coordinator with Colorado. It was horrible. But his defense has been playing a little bit better over the last few weeks. Now, Philly comes in tonight hot. Now, if you think about it, Philly's offense, it slowed down a little bit the last few weeks. I mean, when they came out the gate the first few weeks, they were burning up. Still a good football team. Probably still the deepest at every position in the National Football League. But this is an NFC East game. Washington, Washington's coming off of a loss at home. You know, uh, they're still rolling with Heineke. Let's see what happens. I don't know. What is the uh, – any any weather tonight that we're expecting? You know, I know it was gotten hairy up there on the East Coast, this whole with that, that – uh, that storm and that thing. But that and this is in Philly, right? Because Washington's coming to Philly. Yeah, I wonder if I don't know if the weather's gonna be a factor, but this is one of those that Washington might hang tough, but I think Philly should be able to, you know, bring it home. And I and I've told you this after week three about Philly. I think Philly could be getting ready to go to that stretch where they basically hit a hiccup. Where they're not playing too good. Maybe they catch an L here and there. You know? Seventeen weeks, it's a long it's a long grind. It's an up and down season. What do you got? It's dry, but a little bit chilly, of course, this time of year. Uh, your forecast for tonight in Philadelphia, uh, looking at about 40 to 39 degrees around tip-off, or kickoff, sorry. Um, and then it's just going to remain cool right there, low of 33. Hmm, okay. Uh, late into the evening, but okay. no precipitation. So okay. if, you're, if you're looking at Heineke relying on McLaurin to catch the ball, and of course, A.J. Brown being able to potentially go off against Washington, um, things should the game have plan is Washington definitely want to try to have some long drives and keep Philly's offense off the field to save some of that defense, even though I think it's been playing of late better. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 at 1300 Zone at Fox South Central Waco in Texas. What's up, uh, Mike? Yeah, uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Hello? Okay, hey, listen, man. Uh, like I said, leave it up to the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, I'm to uh, to spoil everything. Uh, no, no reason whatsoever to uh, lose to Green Bay. They made that uh, that number nine receiver look like an All Pro. Man, he he really embarrassed the Cowboys. He was counting numbers when he got in the end zone with three touchdowns. The guy hadn't even he hadn't even caught over a hundred yards worth of balls all year long, and he caught over a hundred yards worth of balls yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it makes no sense whatsoever for a guy like that to put put that kind of a game together against a supposedly one of the best Dallas defenses that they had on the field. And it goes back to Mike McCartney. All I can say about to Mike McCartney is, is he, uh, even if he makes it to the playoffs, uh, the Sean Payton watch is still on because you, you can't tell me that Sean Payton would have lost that game yesterday against Green Bay. And anybody who says that, uh, that uh, McCartney is a better coach than, Mc- than uh, Peyton. They're crazy. McCartney should have won that game. You know, he goes back to Green Bay, a place he used to coach at. There's no way in hell he should have lost that game. And I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Thanks for the, thanks for the phone call. Um, look, I mean, I, I'll said, I've said this all year so far. I mean, Dallas is not going to be the only one that's making a run for Sean Payton. They're going to have competition for, I mean, for the last few years, we've averaged six to eight job openings on Black Monday. So I will just tell you on the safe side, at worst case scenario, we're going to have probably four minimum. And they're all going to be after Sean Payton. I just feel that 
you know, this is a situation where I still feel like you wonder if a guy like Sean, because it comes down to just a culture situation with Dallas. I mean, the penalties have been a problem with Dallas since Jason Garrett was there, and they haven't really fixed themselves, and they're bad penalties. You know, at the wrong time, like drive extenders that just extend drives. Um, and it still goes the in-game adjustments of Kellen Moore. Same thing as with Jason Garrett. In-game adjustments. It's just the type of guys that are in this organization. It's a culture situation on really figuring out all facets on how to win and how to win when you have expectations to win. See, that's Dallas's problem. It's just like they're a team that if you no one's picking them, doing, they'll get out. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Here comes. As soon as that happens, then it comes down to how they handle success because it's hard there in Dallas. Okay? It's hard with the distractions. I mean, I, I like we used to years ago. I used to have Tashard Choice, now running backs coach for UT. I used to have him, you know, come down here when he was a running back for Dallas on Tuesdays. And I remember for his, I've told, I think I've told this story before, but one time I think his birthday, he had a private party at the club. Me and Salami went down there, and I was thinking at the time we and, and I went to go see him play. They played the Lions. At that point, I think they were six. They were five and eleven team at that point. And in this club and these doubt, they were treated, you would have swore that they were the team of the 90s. It's the way they're treated down there when you play that team. So the point is, these guys have a tendency. It's hard to be in that Dallas uniform and not smell your own piss. Unless you've got a Bill Parcells, unless you've got a Jimmy Johnson roaming the sideline. And I believe Sean could do that, but I just don't know. As I thought it was a foregone conclusion that he'd be in, up in Dallas when he come back, but... I didn't really probably what I didn't anticipate is this many other teams where they're at. And I could tell jockeying in the, in the, in the rumblings it, that they're going to be in competition for him. And to me, I just feel like this is a guy that probably wants to do it in LA, but keep it going. What do you got? While we're sitting here on Dallas, Dante Evans on Facebook checking in says, has Dallas or has Dak reached his ceiling? When you look at, you know, is it game? I mean, yeah, game plan part of it, you know, the cast of characters around him too. But has Dak personally reached his ceiling? No, nah, I can't say that until he get if he ever. I mean, maybe never will, but not until he gets to hook up with one of these gurus, coaches, offensive coordinators. Not until I see that. I am not like I said. This guy was coached by Jason Garrett. He's got a guy that basically still got milk on his tongue from Boise, the Blue Turf. Barely removed from that. Looked like he's still about 20, 19. Kellen Moore. And granted, Mike, Mathar Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning coach. And, you know, he's coached around Favre, Aaron. But the development, until he gets with somebody, I mean, you don't tell me, uh, Kevin O'Connell, coach from Minnesota, you, you don't think he can go 7-1 with Dak? And Jefferson and that offense, you don't think he can coach and get Dak to see or, or, or get a game plan between Dak and Delvin Cook that would basically you don't think that? You don't think the guy in Philly that's coaching tonight that was the play, what they used to call plays for the coordinator for the Colts, you don't think he can get to seven and one? You don't think he'd be undefeated with Dak? I'm not, to Dante, and Dante has some good questions, but I'm not, to the fact that Dak's hit his ceiling, nah, not till I see him with elite coaching. This guy wasn't number one overall. He wasn't number two overall. Hell, he wasn't even a first-round pick. 
And trust me, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I know that sometimes people, oh, you make excuses for Dak. You're making excuses for Dak. Look, I have the last bit person to want to defend that star in anything, but there's something about Dak. I just call it like it is. I know that I can't judge questions like that if he's hit the ceiling unless he's got elite coaching and, and quarter, one of these young quarterback gurus. Got to coach Josh Allen last year. David, that's got Giants. Surprising. He wouldn't have that same record with Dak. Stop it. Stop it. 1-800-707-9760. Um, what else we got? That's all the game. What, what do you got? Well, just really quick, coming down the – and uh, while we're sticking with NFL for a second, uh, coming down the wire, uh, Zach Ertz, tied in for the Cardinals, um, Ian Rappaport reporting he's done for the season. Yeah. This is another weapon down for the Cardinals as they try to turn this thing around. Yeah, I saw that in a lot of time, and I could tell that he's probably going to be done. Uh, Cardinals was able to get a win, and let me tell you, I got a win by a guy named by Cole McCoy. Look, man, you know, when you get guys that I think that, of course, their best are behind them. I saw A.J. Green make catches yesterday that I haven't seen him make since he played in the jungle. When guys like Colt that's a veteran now, like when you're in that huddle and, and guys just either, it could just be something about Kyler that it, it probably goes around to that leadership, that belief, okay? That's why they won that game. Now, granted, no Matthew Stafford and the Rams got problems. They got a messy, owl clean eight on owl eight pickup they got over the next few years with Rams. We'll try to get to that. We'll get back. We'll get to Cowboy James phone call as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Barlow Spin the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's. Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. All right, so keeping it moving here. Um, sticking to the football theme. Before we go on, I guess we can go to the phones here. Let's go to the phones. We can go to Cowboy James. Cowboy James, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Fox South Central Texas. And Waco, what's up? We lost uh, Cowboy I James. Think, I don't think okay. he's there. All right, so we lost Call him. Back. Um, But, no, I mean, if you just look at um, the landscape of the um, NFC, it's still – you look at last night's game with the 49ers and the – um, excuse me, the 49ers and the Chargers – Again, their depth is what gets me with the 49ers. They've been hit with the injury bug. And, and again, as I see now that Debo came back from this game, they got Mitchell, the running back, for the first time since week one, and then McCaffrey. I predict McCaffrey. I hope I don't jinx him. But he will stay the healthiest that he's ever had in his career because they won't be using him like a dog like they did in Carolina. And the schemes – the way that he can draw things up, speaking of Kyle, they're going to be tough. And like I said, all Jimmy has to do is drive the car because their defense still plays violent. They have, I think, one of the most violent defenses in the league because just the way they play, and that's a credit to D'Amico Ryan, which probably, I mean, he's going to be up for one. He'll get interviewed, and I don't think D'Amico just going to be a Rooney rule thing. Well, we got to get one of them in here. D'Amico, I think what he's done with that defense and considering the injuries they had is pretty much impressive. Um, I don't know what to think of Tampa yet, though, you know, up in Munich. I mean, you know, I got to see them win against Seattle. I know everybody wants to put Geno in the Hall of Fame. You know, Pete Carroll should hand down win the coach year. At the end of the day, I don't believe they're going to win the West. They probably will compete, shockingly so, probably for a wild card. But the truth of the matter is, regardless how this finishes, when they get those picks they got in that Russell Wilson trade or sometime, they will be picking a quarterback. They will be picking a quarterback. I think definitely. And what about old 
Hometown on UTSA's Tyree Woolen, man, had to guard Tom Brady. I don't know why you call that play anyway. I mean, they were dominating the game, speaking of Tampa Bay. I mean, you have a chance to really extend that lead coming out of the locker room, and you call some uh, some trickery with Tom. Slips on the pitch. Okay, because that's what they were playing on pitch, getting ready for the World Cup. Which, you know what, speaking of the World Cup, I had somebody tweet me. I, I don't know who that was. Did you see me going back and forth with somebody on Friday? I don't know who he is. I think he had done some other show or whatever. In regards to when I was giving my soccer analogy, in regards to the women losing three straight, he thought, he's like, why are you talking Women's World Cup and the men's? is not to next year. I'm like, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the fact that it was not even a big story that our women's national team, I know they weren't prepared for the World Cup. It was due to the fact they lost three straight games and no one talked about it. And I understand the the coverage hasn't been up to par for a lot of people here from the media about the World Cup and our U.S. men's national team. And a lot of that, I think, has to do where it's at. It's in Qatar. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. Nobody really wanted to go over here and give them this World Cup. It was based out of corruption. So I think that has something to do with it. But that just, when I had the World Cup, that just made me, when I said the pitch, speaking of Munich in that stadium they played in. Crowd was crazy, by the way. It just makes me wonder. It's just like, man, let's get used to it. I know Cal don't like it. We don't like it. But get used to it. That's just, ugh. I believe Goodell even announced the next, uh, that, that it will be a part of the next three to four years, too. Mm-hmm. The Munich game. And can we put a bullet in Sweet Caroline? No. I mean, because I think it's getting watered down. Like, there has to be, like, to me, Boston owns the rights to that. I could be I could be wrong, but that's when it came out on my radar, and it was a thing they did. I don't know if it was seventh inning stretch. Right? But now it's spread out to everywhere, and now it's across the globe. And it's one of the most annoying things. Like, think about it. How long did it, like, when's the last time you've seen a wave at a sporting event? Have we? Is that officially dead? No, that's everywhere still. You've seen the wave? I don't, maybe they don't yeah. cover. I haven't seen a wave at a especially, stadium in a while. Especially down here uh, in, in, in San Antonio. Um, I, I remember uh, covering the UTSA football team over the last two seasons, and you had to, uh, there was actually, like, you had to tell the fans to not do the wave because they were doing it when, the, mm. when, when UTSA was on offense. Hmm. Which is when you don't want to be making noise. Well, Tom Brady said it was one of his better experiences ever had playing a football game. And we know Tom's been the the gods, the NFL gods, or football gods, I should say, has blessed Tom with a hell of a football life. So for him to say it's one of his best experience and hope they entertain him. But the game itself, I've got to see. I don't know who the Bucks got coming, but I'm still not all the way sold quite yet. I mean, Geno had a couple inter- uh, turnovers, fumble. I mean, I, again, I want to see Seattle come to this meet of their schedule as well, too. 1-800-707-9760. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone in Austin and Fox South Central Waco, Texas. What's up, Fernando? Uh, hey, Calvin. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to comment on that game Saturday of the Longhorns. Is I, I was like you. I thought the Longhorns were going to win by the skin of their teeth uh, just because of the moment and they were at home and everything. But uh, I didn't think the Longhorns were going to cover. So I, I put 100 on the TCU plus a point. And uh, also getting back to the to the problems of the offense is that I think it's deeper down inside than just the play calling. You know, the message I think that Sark is trying to get across to the offense somehow, some way, I don't know why, is that it's not, they're not, it's not coming across. There's a breakdown there. And so I don't know if they're going to get it or it's going to take another year or what. I don't know. 
but uh, also, you know, it's a sad state of affairs that A&M and UT, as far as their football is concerned. So I, I wanted to get your take on that. Thanks. Uh, all right, Fernando. I mean, no, I, I thought it was, look, man, I, I always pay attention. Before I pay attention to matchups and all that, I always pay attention to the lines first, and I'll let the desert talk to me, and then I'll take – the years of looking at this stuff like this and take it from there. And I'm telling you right now, with them make laying seven and a half against TCU, I had it, I had it figured in TCU, uh, Texas should have been talent wise. They should have probably been 10, won that game by 10 points at home, but they didn't. And I think a lot of it had to do with whether you want to say it's a breakdown somewhere in the office. Look, I never thought a hundred percent that Sartre should have got this job anyway. Now we're having a report, which I don't know if I really believe this because it's one of those situations that the timing of this, like where was this report for? But I think who you said was reporting about that, that, you know, Texas, there was one somebody there that wanted Dykes as the coach at the University of Texas. Yeah, I saw a report coming around from the Dallas News. I can get the actual writer for you. Yeah, something more along the line that, you know, Dallas News report. Not Again, I don't know how... You know, not to throw this man or whoever or this young woman, whoever reported this under the bus and, you know, throwing their credibility out the window, even though I don't even know him from a can of paint. The timing of it, what makes it suspect to me in regards to and I know how Texas is when it, the state of Texas, when it comes to their football and trolling, you know, alumni and everything, because you got A&M, you got UT people strips spread out all over the state of Texas that got jobs in the media, jobs at print, all that stuff. But the thing, the report pretty much saying that Sonny Dykes. There was a um, somebody that wanted Sonny Dykes. Yeah, so Richard Justice of that da- of Dallas News uh-huh. um, said that uh, Crystal Conti, the AD in Texas, wanted uh-huh. uh, Sonny Dykes, but a uh, a big booster demanded Sarkeesian. Well, first of all, I can believe the report because I believe that's how Texas has been doing business for a while. I mean, they've got their old school, old money, big donors that have a lot to do with who they think is supposed to represent Texas or what Texas is supposed to look like. And that has cost them some time in this whole when is Texas actually going to get back talk to. But the timing of that is kind of, you know, after you get beat by him and, you know, it looks like he's a straight path to the Big 12 championship and possibly these the last dying breed to represent the Big 12 in this year's playoffs. Which I, you know, I'm all about what Sonny's done, but I don't know how TCU matches up. I mean, they've got one of the best wide receivers in the country that's going to be playing on Sundays, but I don't know how they match up against some of these other dogs on a neutral field. Really don't. 1 800 707 9760. Um, also, going back to some of your Facebook live comments, I see uh, Carl checking in. Analytics is killing NFL. You late, Carl. I've been on that take since probably since like week eight, nine last year. But I feel you, brother. It is. I mean, it, it has coaches just making, you know, it's really just taking. I mean, I think baseball is a sport that you can get away with it. You could probably build a team off analytics and, and have a manager, you know, that wants to do analytics. Supposedly, that's what really drove Joe Madden out with Angel. They were just too analytic for him, which I always thought Joe was an analytic manager. But I think you can do it in, in baseball because a number football, you can't, man. You can't. You you can use it. Every, everybody's using it. But can you base the team and can you call a game strictly on Alex? Hell no. You can't. You can't. That's why that's the only thing I applaud Mike McCarthy on yesterday after the game is really selling it 
based on the flow of the game. Like, hey, man, it was a penalty here. We get a stop here. They get another penalty. It was the flow of the game. I thought it was time enough to go ahead and do it. Really just, hey, our defense didn't look like they're going to stop them anytime soon from running the ball. That's basically what he said. But at least he didn't say, well, you know, the chart, and you're, well, you're technically in that situation. No. So you're right, Carl. You're right. Um, Travis Green's checking in with us. He started with happy hour early. He said, my commanders – will upset the Eagles tonight. You know what? I'm joking with you, um, Travis, about, you know, about starting happy hour early with that take. But, you know, it's a, it's a division game. Anything can happen in a division game, especially prime time. Philly's going to – I still believe before this is – before the playoffs, Philly's going to have that game where they're going to lay a dud. Now, is that tonight? I don't know. But make no mistake about it. Them and the Minnesota Vikings – have separated themselves in the NFC. Really. And, and I mean, only time will tell. I just think with Dallas, I think they're a competitor. No, I'm not saying nobody's rushing to play Dallas. But I think if you look at Dallas's three losses, that's the antidote for Dallas. And, you know, I, and, and again, I saw him go down last night. And I was like, you know what? Here we go with Vanderish again. But you got to look at Vanderish and you got to look at their middle linebacker. I mean, when you have a problem stopping the run, your second level is really where it's at, too, in the middle. I mean, unless you got a run stopper in the middle, one of them big dudes, and sometimes not everybody has them, or you have to have some middle linebackers that can really play downhill and stop the run. They've had a problem with it. They're 0-3 with teams that's played them like that. They play Philly again, Philly going to play them the same way. And I'll keep saying this. If Philly don't lose their left tackle in that game, they were going to hang almost 50 on Dallas that night. I promise you. That whole game changed when he went out because they had they couldn't stop him anything before then. 1-800-707-9760. But when you look at the landscape, the NFL is starting to – we, we kind of know who's who. You know, I think Miami, I told you Friday, I thought that was a, a game on the cool. That was pretty much a big game it was. Told you I didn't trust Joe Woods against that offense, and I'm not. Um, I'll tell you this. If Tua can stay healthy, the way that team is structured and their coach, the way he and he's got his two guys and his running back, they're going to be a headache offensively for defensives for years to come, for at least the next two or three years. We laughed at Tyreek Hill when he talked about Tua's accuracy compared to Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm telling you, if you ask me right now, who am I putting ahead of the MVP between those two? I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes because he's doing it with a whole cast, a different cast. And every time I look up, it ain't like Kelsey's getting in the end zone every damn time because he's not. I'd still give it, but I'm telling you this, Tua, the way that offense, and if he can stay healthy, it's going to be like playing him in sophomore year at Alabama. That's what they tried to build. They took the guy and said, hey, instead of trying to get him to do this, and maybe that's what the last regime, the last GM did, let's see, what was he successful calling? Well, you know what? Let's build this around him. He needs speed at the receiver position. Tight end the line. All they got to do is keep improving the line. They're going to be an offensive juggernaut for some years to come. Just by the, the way he plays and processes and gets the ball out quickly. He just got to stay healthy. What do you got? Rolling with the stats from StatMuse, uh, Tua is second in the league in completion percentage at 71%. He's only behind Geno Smith at 72%. Um, when you look at just, again, the big play and how well he's done, averaging 9.1 yards per play, that's part of that offense there, but also he is connected on 18 touchdowns 
to just three interceptions. And he's getting out quick, only sacked eight times. You can scroll down through the list. It's the, less, the least amount of any quarterback outside of Dak Prescott who hasn't played the full season. Gets the ball out quick, and like I said, I think he should have put the doubters to bed. I know I got a couple of them that DM me every time he got a bad game when he was out. I told you, I'm nah, man. He can play. He can play in the league. He just needs a good team around him. I mean, I don't think Tua can single-handedly take just anybody. He needs a good hand around him. But there are some guys that got good things around him, and they just can't get it done. And that's and I'm gonna put a little I'm gonna go Phil Jackson on Asterisk of who you said was number one and and Gino not hating or nothing I'm gonna tell you seventy eighty percent of those check down that's what they are doing they long handoffs but they're playing good though by the way check downs but anyway but the NFC but the tonight I, I don't know um, I mean would it shock me. If Washington won tonight, probably not. I mean, but I think Willie would Washington, man, you know, what's going on in the front office and what's going on with the owner, what's going on. I mean, you eventually that seat. I mean, Ron Rivera can say all he wants to, but eventually that seeps into the locker room. It just does. Because when the whole building is off or something not right, I mean, yes, they still going to go and play, but eventually that seeps into the locker room to a certain extent. Pittsburgh. Okay. They were able to hang on and get a victory. Um, Mike Tomlin, man, I mean, you, you wonder if this, you keep saying, hey, this is the year that's going to be this year. Saints are just, if it wasn't for the Raiders, I would probably say the Saints has the most discipline, disappointing team of the year award up to this point. I think the rate to me now to me the Raiders aren't disappointment. I I knew I didn't know it was going to be this bad, but I knew that they were overrated. They were they were stock that was sold. They they that was just a, I mean Jordan Belford, that that made Jordan Belford the guy that made Wolf of Wall Street the stock that he was selling and the legal stuff he was doing that makes him look like Mother Teresa with the way this stock was on the Raiders. But <laughs> Devontae, I'm like, what the hell are y'all looking at? Okay. But I will tell you that they're still to the masses one of the disappointing teams. But I just feel that if it wasn't for them, the Saints would probably be. I mean, Saints were picked. I had them in the NFC Championship game. Peter King, the great Peter King, had them in the Super Bowl. Now, you, now they've they've hit some injuries here and there. But I think, and, and I'm fault to that too. I'll, I'll take my L on that too. I think a lot of people in the media, even the Peter Kings of the world, I think we undersold and what it really means when you lose a coach. I know a lot of people think he's overrated, which is crazy to me. But when you lose a guy like Sean Payton, on the heels of losing Drew Brees too. I mean, the two guys that built it, it it's probably going to send you back. I mean, I know, you know, the, uh, the head coach there, I know, you know, he was there for it. He was a defensive coordinator, but that ain't Sean, you know, and Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, which I think his time in the NFL needs to be done. You know, I think Jameis has had his opportunities. You know me, it's, it's totally opposite what I feel about Jacoby and other guys. Jameis, I've been on the, I've, I've defended him. I have fought the Winston fight for years, but I think he's had his opportunities. If he can't, if he could not remain healthy and keep Andy Dalton off the bench, and you've been there already a year, two years before Andy Dalton, I don't know, bro. You're on your own, JoJo. 
But anyway, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Mr. Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett spinning the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people working down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See y'all tomorrow.